presented by Onyx. Broadcasting from the Prairie Sportsman Studios. This week's show is brought to you by Ottertail Lakes Country. Go to ottertaillakescountry.com. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to sportingjournalradio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at sportingjournalradio.com. I think it's a purge. Line pretty good. Your technique is impeccable. Thank you. <laughs> I don't catch fish on rattle reels anymore. Well, it looks like you're not going to anymore today either. <laughs> Did you miss it? No. It dropped it. I didn't miss oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh. I didn't even set the hook. You got to set the hook to miss it. All right. Well, that would have been a great way to start the show if you actually caught a fish, but um, it was close enough. We got to hear the rattle reel go off, so we're going we're gonna to go with it anyway. The two Jasons with us right now, that's uh, Jason Durham and Jason Rylander. Guys, how's it going? Very good. Awesome. And you guys are actually in the same fish house. You're on two different cameras there, but you guys are fishing together right now. Um, you know, which, which begs the question, a lot of people are wondering right now if you, Jason, has popped the question yet. Um, no, I haven't asked him for a beer yet. <laughs> I didn't know what question you were getting at. Is that the question? Uh, you guys obviously are being seen together a lot in a lot of, a lot of different places. Uh, the Jasons is becoming a thing, I think, it seems like. Anyway, how did, um, how did you guys get to become friends? <laughs> Do you want to answer? <laughs> the internet. <laughs> it matched on Tinder or? <laughs> <laughs> no. We, uh, we, we knew of each other. We knew of each other on Facebook and we had followed, you know, what escapades we were each doing. And he invited me to go out eel pout fishing. I honestly wasn't really interested. I, I didn't want to do it. And he, he kept begging and when we went out the first time we just connected on so many different levels and we had a great night catching burbs and i was addicted to eel pot ever since then and uh i don't want to say we've been addicted to each other but we spent some time Obviously, uh, eel powder or burbot are going to be a big part of this conversation, and we'll get we'll get to that particular species of fish here in just a little bit. But let's just uh, back up for just a second now, uh, Jason Durham. Of course, you've been on the show uh, a few times. You're you're a teacher, uh, Jason Ryland. I'm going to call you. What do I call you? Call you JD and JR or J1, J2? How's this going to work? Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what you can call him. There's a few things. <laughs> you can call him J Rye. You could also call him the Reverend. Because the Reverend? A lot of people yeah, a lot of people don't realize this, but Jason is an ordained minister. I know that may shock a lot of people, but he's available to host weddings, uh, you know, puts the fun back in funeral, um, you know, anything like that. He's available. <laughs> did you, are you, uh, did you get ordained? Are you like uh, the online church ordination that you have to do every year? Have you kept up with it? Uh, no, mine was a, a life, lifelong deal. You have to renew your local Piece. Oh, that's and what I it is. To, yeah. Yeah. And I never, I've never had to do that. I had a couple of weddings lined up a couple summers ago. I had a runaway groom. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. And then, you know, and then I was going to do another friends and they got antsy and went to the courthouse and I never ended up doing theirs, but I am lined up for one this fall. So I'm excited to okay. uh, help out some friends there down on Leech Lake. Well, I kind of want to ask about the runaway groom, but based on that look, maybe we shouldn't ask for that story. <laughs> that's probably not good. Okay, so uh, Jason Durham, you've been on the show, of, of course, before, and um, you're a teacher. We know that. Uh, Jay Rye, we, I, think this is, I think this is your first time on the show, isn't it? It is. It is. Right, Thanks well, for having me on the program. You bet. So we, we, we didn't really know what, what you did, so we did a little bit of research on you. We found out a, a few things about you. Um, you like PBRs. You hate shirts. <laughs> And you have a healthy obsession with bourbon. Is that accurate? Uh, well, the Paps thing has kind of come and gone. I played that card. I, I still do enjoy it, but I got I come down with gout so bad I hardly drink beer anymore. Gotcha. 
And I haven't been able to get King Royal to wrap my bolt. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask. Was that because I saw um, uh, a Neil Pop picture with a can of PBR? Obviously, the boat, you had the boat wrapped. I remember when that went up for sale a couple of years ago. That was going all over the internet. That was a big deal. And I always wanted to ask you how that came about. Was that a deal with, with actually with Pabst? Or did, were you just a fan and said, I'm going to wrap my boat with that? Or how did that come about? I, uh, I met the regional sales manager and for whatever reason we hit it off, he liked me and I kind of just jokingly said one, we, we chatted multiple times and one of the times I was like, yeah, we should wrap my boat and be free advertising for you up here in Northern Minnesota. And he's like, that's a great idea. Eight months later, he called me, he goes, still wanna wrap the boat, I found somebody to do it. Here's a couple of options and uh, the rest is history. I had a Paps boat, the Paps can we called it. You know, the thing about a rap boat is they're they're pretty cool, but all of a sudden people quickly find out where you fish all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I didn't I didn't mind. None of my spots are very secret anyway. Sure. How many guys came up and asked you for a beer? Uh, a few asked for a beer. A lot of pictures at the uh, boat landings, though. Lots of pictures. Guys wanted pictures with the boat. So it was, uh, I was always popular at the landing more than on the, on the water. I don't think people paid quite as much attention there. Sure. How, how did the family like your Christmas card this year? Um, I know my wife didn't like it and my mom didn't like it. That's so awesome. My mother is, my mother is a saint and, uh, my brother, we were taking, an actual picture it was over thanksgiving and my brother's like we should do one of those awkward christmas cards you got that long goofy hair you can put it down and then uh take your shirt off or something i'm like yeah let's do it so we so we did as a joke i knew i had to get it on the internet before he put it on there so the funny thing is we're sitting at christmas and both put it on put it on facebook at the same time that's great. The Christmas card picture was awesome, but I think the best one though is the Burbot Bath picture. Oh yeah, that's a that drummed up a lot of attention. That. <laughs> now that look on your face is that of pure enjoyment or uh, shock of cold water or just the the fact that you've got all these eel pouts squirming around uh, <clears throat> your undercarriage. <laughs> Have you ever dipped your most sensitive body parts in 32.1 degree water? That's the look on your face when you do that. It wasn't, I couldn't even feel those yelp out. Man. I was trying to get the top on my lap and it was so dang cold. I would like to interject here for a second. Uh, you know, I had the same look on my face when he got out of that. If you Google yelp out popped up. Anybody can find it online. And it's not obviously a hot tub, but when he got out of that hot tub, I had the same look on my face because he had the most well-worn pair of underwear I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there were so many holes in them. I, I couldn't believe it. You were not getting any extra warmth from the one garment you had on. No, well, I wasn't. Oh, man. <laughs> I think the best part about that picture, little funny story for me, is one of my first Photoshop projects in, in college. Uh, Jason, you were supposed to come up with the Bemidji State Fishing Team is doing an ice fishing gala uh, a couple years back. And so I had to make a poster for it. And so what did I use was that picture. Um, and where did, we, we slapped those things all over Bemidji State's campus. So I'm sure half of the, the, the people who weren't fishing were just walking around the hallways of Bemidji State wondering what the heck the fishing team is up to. <laughs> That's why, that's why those college them. girls were calling me. Yeah, that's, that's just it. His underwear wasn't well worn. It was He was just trying to keep his underwear on. All these college girls kept trying to rip it off. Uh, how, did that, how did that picture come about? Was that planned or did you just say, I'm jumping in there? It looks comfortable. Yeah. So that was a picture. I wanted to take that. I wanted to do that for a while. I had this idea in my head. Uh, the idea in my head was me more in with the fish and the fish kind of over my legs and in my lap but the, when we went out and drilled the live well the ice was so porous immediately water started coming up so it every hole was a different deal it was jagged when i plopped my butt down in there my 
butt went right onto a chunk of ice and wasn't super comfortable. So getting my legs in wasn't an option. Uh, but we, we did the best we could with what we had. And uh, I guess the rest is history. Now, those are probably the, the more famous pictures that we've come across. Are there any others out there that we should be aware of? Now, there's pictures out there. They just haven't been quite as popularized yet. Maybe some that haven't been shared, but they're all pretty PG. I mean, everybody everybody asked how, how drunk I was when I took the picture with the eel pout and this and that. And I said, actually, I was, I was completely sober because if I had drank that evening, I would have done it naked and then I wouldn't have been able to share that picture with the world. <laughs> oh, man. That, you know, when I see posts from either one of you two come across social media, it, it usually gives me a good laugh. There's props involved a lot of times or bourbon and sensitive areas. What, I mean, do you guys try to outdo each other with some of these things? Are you guys collaborating? Is it, uh, you know, like, yeah, the wig picture. What, did you guys say, hey, let's, let's put on some. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jason. That was, was it? That was Halloween. Halloween, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we were just Halloween. And I mean, who doesn't have a couple extra wigs yeah. around the house? <laughs> if, <laughs> most of the ideas come from the school teacher, not from the rice guy. Um, <laughs> well, I, but it's like, you know, I would say that. Are <laughs> you raising your hand there? Do you have any questions? Have a question. Things that are laying on uh, the table here in his fish house, you know. Yeah. I the big thing for me is that, um, you know, out of out of any feeling that you can have in your body, laughter is one of the absolute best, and it's contagious and it's eternal. Like if you think of something, if you think of the stupid things that we've done over the years and you go back and reflect on it, you're gonna laugh. You just yeah. are, and it feels good to do that. So, you know, to give people some joy in their life, a smile on their face, there's nothing better than that. And, and we are really good <laughs> at making fun of each other. I love to prank Jason. I love to prank him. I, we've, we've had so many times and I sometimes wonder if he just, feels like he's stepping you know going through a minefield and like, what's, <laughs> what's what's the best prank <laughs> what's the show rated <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know we uh we had a pretty good one last summer where uh i called up a radio station in, in bemidji that that we both do interviews with periodically and i said i want to be a guest host and I want to interview Jason, uh, but I pretended that I was somebody else, an intern, and uh, he bit hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I, I talked about catching big-eyed bass and small-eyed bass, and he didn't even flinch. And I asked, him, I asked him who his favorite, out of any Jason in the fishing industry, who he'd want to fish with. And uh, he, who did he, finally he, say? Got, he finally said me. And I said, well, how much do you pay him to take you out? <laughs> and he still didn't catch on. He said, oh, I give him some Diet Coke and some hard boiled eggs. And then I broke character and said, well, you should pay me a lot more for putting out the brand. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, they got him and Kev Jackson got me good. They got, <laughs> they, what, what threw me off with that prank, and maybe Jason will do the voice if he can remember what it was, but it was, Kevin texts me in the morning. He's like, hey, I can't do the interview with you today. I've got an intern in here. He's going to do it. Doesn't know a lot about fishing, but I got the question set up for him. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, what? whatever. Whatever works for you, Kevin. Don't matter. By the way, I composed that text, sent it to Kevin, and Kevin sent it to Jason. <laughs> Brilliant. Premeditated. Uh, <laughs> so the phone rings, and I start doing it, and it is a quasi-Southern accent. <laughs> but he talked so slow that it threw me off because I didn't know how to really respond. Because so many Bemidji radio guys have Southern accents. I, like in the moment, what do you do? Like I had no reason not to believe. Everybody that heard it said, Jason, how didn't you know right away? Like 
Everybody said, as soon as I heard the voice, I knew it was Jason Durham. As soon as I heard it, and I go, no, you didn't. You only knew it was me because you knew it was me. Otherwise, it, it, I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good accent. <laughs> <laughs> so was, did you get your better ones? Did you get them back? No, I'm a nice, nice human being. I would never do anything <laughs> like that. He never does that. He never, he, he makes fun of me sometimes. Yeah, but but he doesn't like, and and anything that we do to each other is never like mean, sure. for the most part. I mean, I make fun of his weight. He makes fun that I'm going bald, and that I'm older than him. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's you know it's pretty kind. Kid gloves. And, I can lose the weight. You can't get younger or get hair. <laughs> Did you see the picture with the wig? <laughs> That's why he has all the wigs, obviously. There's options. I always like yeah. to have options. Yeah. It's not um, the only wig he's got. And you, yeah, you should pair one of those wigs. Uh, well, I want to know, you know, obviously you guys both do stuff with Clam. Did Clam make that shiny jacket specially for you? And then did they give you the gold pants or did you just have the gold pants already? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, Clam had nothing to do with it. I, I took care of all of this. Uh, we've got a great little embroidery shop outside of Nevis, the metropolis of Nevis, where I teach uh, Unknown Legends Designs, and they took care of it. Clam sent me the logo and everything. They had no idea what I was doing. Uh, the gold pants, you know, you can get anything you want off Amazon. <laughs> now, what's hard to see in the picture is uh, the hat is a LED hat, so you can put whatever you want going across the front of it. Oh, really? And the, and the shoes are actually fiber optic, so they light up. When I was walking down Kellogg Avenue down at the St. Paul show, every single person was commenting or, you know, looking. I mean, you wouldn't believe the rubbernecking going on. And, you know, why would I do something like that? Not necessarily, not, not to get attention for myself, even though a lot of people would go, oh, you're trying to get attention. It's trying to give somebody a smile, a laugh. Like I told someone, when you go to Disneyland, you want to see magic. When you go to the St. Paul Ice Show, the biggest ice show on the planet, you want to see magic. Mm -hmm. And that's why I did it. Were you doing There's, magic tricks too? Card tricks? I was just emanating that. <laughs> just emanating the magic. <laughs> so There's a little dancing. There was some you, dancing. Where Outfit like we're losing you there a little bit. You have to. Are you? Yep. Can we get us there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You were cutting out on us there, so um, I think we got you back now. But uh, last thing we heard is. That there can one is that can one of you guys silence your phone or uh, I it's like dang e I'm still working the emails are popping up I just shut uh, up you should be good all right <clears throat> all right we're still rolling right yep okay. All right, so you guys are both obviously good at catching fish. You do some guiding, and I want to I talk about that and get a fishing report from you guys here in a little bit. But first, we're going to do a little bit of trivia. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yes. Are you guys excited? I know when I told you guys before the interview that we we're going to do some trivia, uh, Jason Durham, you were very excited about it. Jason Rylander, not so much. But uh, he said he's really good at trivia. And I just said I've got really good penmanship. Penmanship. So we need some props here. You need to be able to write something down. And uh, I know you guys are sitting next to each other, but you can't show each other your answers, okay? Okay. So grab your, your markers and your pieces of paper, whatever it is that you got there, notebooks, whiteboards, whatever it is. And, you know, <laughs> Dan and I talked about this, like what kind of trivia should we play? And we talked about maybe Family Feud or... Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, something like yeah. that. But, but we figured we got the Jasons. So we thought the best game to play would be the newlywed game. Ladies and gentlemen, the newlywed game... With the Jasons here on today's show, <laughs> here's how it works. We're going to have three rounds of questions. Bring that music bed down just a little, would you, Dan? We're going to have three rounds of questions. You'll each write down your answer, and then you'll reveal what each person guessed. 
And uh, if you get them all right, Dan, tell them what they're playing for today, ladies and gentlemen. They are playing for a custom <laughs> SJR 20 ounce, his and his coffee mug. Hey, look at that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I need that in my life. Yeah, I'll buy it if we don't win. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, are you guys ready for round one? Round one of the newlywed game. With the, with, the, with the Jasons. Hey, you guys know how this works, right? You want to know how well you know your spot, you know your fishing partner? The newlywed game? All right, so round one. This is about the two of you together. Question one, where did you guys share your first ca- catch? Where did you guys share your first c- catch? Now, wait a second. Wait a second. Now we got to reveal lakes? I know, that's the big problem. Oh, okay. Let's do this. How about first species? Just tell me the first species that you guys caught together. You don't have to tell, you don't have to tell me the lake. You that's tell me the lake. Yeah. You can tell us off the air. The first fish. Dan can probably guess what lake. Playing the newlywed yeah, game. You might be overestimating me. <laughs> do we have our answers? On the, on I'm the, ready. How long? How big? How long is this name of fish, Jason? We're writing a novel over there about it. All right, reveal your answers, ladies and gentlemen. And it's Burbot. They have one correct. Question one. You got it correct. All right, question two. Burpout. Burpout. Yes, the birth. The wily burpout. This is the newlywed game with the Jasons. Who is better in be- who is better in boats? Who is better in boats, ladies and gentlemen? Boat control. In boats. It could be boat control. It could be a better angler. It could be quieter. It could be more helpful. Better storyteller. And the answer is, ladies and gentlemen, reveal your answers. Me. He is. Hey, hey, they got it right. All right. I fully expected you to write me. Me. (laughs) All right. We we got 12 of these to get through. All right. Here's number three. Who is most likely to be late to the landing? Who's most likely to be late to the landing? Oh, I got it. <laughs> All right, reveal your answers. Me. Me. <laughs> well, I mean, they, it's the right. Hey, wait a second. Wait a second. That is a point for us. I mean, you both yeah. wrote the same answer. I'll allow it. Well, all right. I'll allow it. We both even had exclamation points. Yeah, that is yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question four. Who spends the most money on fishing gear? Who spends the most money on fishing gear? Playing the newlywed game with the Jasons. And we have it. All right. What are your answers? Me. Durham. Hey. They're four for four. All right. So He's round two. Round He's two. round two is going to be a little bit different this one will focus on jason rylander so now we need to know how well jason durham knows jason rylander are you guys ready for round two here we go what is jay rye's favorite color jig Are you writing in calligraphy over there? <laughs> Keep a paper and like a pen that doesn't work. <laughs> All right, what are your answers? Green glow, blue. Oh, glow green. Oh, wait. Oh, glow green. Oh, he, I think he's got it right. 
He changed his answer. There we go. All right. Now, is that after the sly look over? <laughs> I told him cheating was allowed, oh, so right. not a big deal. All right. <laughs> Question Question two, what is uh, Jay Rye's favorite boat snack? What is his favorite boat snack? Well, I got to think about this. This is a tough one, bro. My goal was to stump you. I think he might have. Are you guys big boat snack guys? I know some I people. Eat it. <laughs> Jason, I usually want to. I just eat whatever he's got. That's yeah. true. That's what's hard for him because I just eat his food. I rarely bring s- snacks when I hunt or fish, but I know some people that are very serious about it. Yeah. It's, I'm All right. very passionate about it. <laughs> All right. What are your answers? Cheese. Coffee. It was the best boat snack I've ever had. Fried, he fried cheese in the boat. It was snowing out and he was frying cheese. It was amazing. Fry, how did you fry the cheese in the boat? How did that work? I have a little butane burner, a single burner, and uh, my boat's got enough space that yeah, I just set up a little kitchen in the back. <laughs> and fried some cheese. Yeah. It was like a brick. It was amazing. It's called bread cheese. You should look it up. That's incredible. Yeah. You only have one time in your life. Yeah, it was that. Good. <laughs> this is the most right. nicest thing you've ever done for me. I went with the kids that you eat more than once. This is life that you live on tour. They start fighting. I'm going to fight you after. <laughs> that was the goal. Question three. What is Jason Ryan Letter's dream fishing destination? What is his dream fishing destination? Ladies and gentlemen, the newlywood game with the Jasons. Got it. Durham has his answer. All right, reveal your answers. Stephen Baker, Panama. Hmm. Well, you've already been there. Hey, I want to go back. <laughs> like you've already come. I lived that. the dream, and I want to dream it again. <laughs> All right, one last question around round two, ladies and gentlemen. The newlywed game with the Jasons. Who would play Jason Rylander in a movie? Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, who would, That's who would play? I kind of feel like we might have this one too. It's who he's going to say, but it's not who I want. I'm writing fast, and then I'm teaching. Okay, we got it. It's a long name. Yeah. All right, reveal your answers. Zach Galvin. <laughs> oh, or Ron from Parks and Rec. Yes, Ron Swanson. No, 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 or. It's poor. If those two could have a baby together, it would be Jason Rylander. <laughs> I look, look a lot like Russell Crowe in that headshot. Well, yeah, I get that a lot. So we kind of figured it'd be Zach Galifianakis, actually, and Dan did some Photoshop work there. He actually oh, photoshopped. a real picture. He photoshopped, <laughs> photoshopped, <laughs> photoshopped your face on Hillary Clinton's body, I guess. We got the same kind of body. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, one more round of the Newlywood game with the Jasons here. Round three. This is all about Jason Durham. How much does Jason Rylander know about Jason Durham, ladies and gentlemen? Question number one, what does Jason Durham say most often when he hooks into a fish? Ladies and gentlemen, what does Jason Durham say most often when he hooks into a fish? Hmm. You're already done writing? No, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of practice at it. I practice writing every day. All right. All right, reveal your answers. There's one. This is awesome. <laughs> There's one. They got it. All right. Round, <laughs> round four going well. Question two. What is Jason Durham's go-to presentation for walleyes? What is his go-to for walleyes? The new Summer or winter? 
Let's go summer. Yeah. Summer. We probably should have done winter since it, it is, is January. Winter, but nah. <laughs> we like to think of summer. Yeah. More options. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about winter walleye fishing here in a little bit. All right, reveal your answers, ladies and gentlemen. Live bait rig. And that counts. Rig and crawler. There we go. All right. All right, question three, round four. What is Jason Durham's dream fishing boat? What is his dream fishing boat? It's easy. Super easy. I think he's fishing in it? Yeah, he probably is. Uh, maybe, um, yeah, well, all right. <laughs> the one. <laughs> yeah, there it is. What? He has it. There it is. The one he has. All right. And the last question, ladies and gentlemen, last question of the Dooluwood game with the Jasons. What is Jason Durham's worst annoying habit? What is his worst annoying habit? That's a real newlywed game question. We thought we'd put one real one in there. Loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, will they still be in the same ice house after this question? <laughs> May have ruined uh, the live event that I tonight. Yeah, the Clam Live Facebook Sorry. event's been canceled. We've gone through everything now. And the answers are egg farts. Oh, they got it right. Hey, nice job. You guys can stay married. Congratulations. The Jasons for, for playing the newlywed game today. We're going to get you the matching set of his and his custom Sporting Journal Radio 20-ounce tumblers featuring this picture right here. Congratulations, fellas. Yeah, do you, uh, do you have a supplier? I do, as a I matter of fact. Obviously, going to want to order. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll get you some. No problem. Uh, thanks, guys. All right, I want to talk eel powder burbot now here with you guys as we continue this uh, the show. Now, I, I think they're really cool fish, and I remember not that long ago that people were were still freaking out about them. Oh, they wrap around your arm when you pull them up. They're throwing them out on the ice, letting them die. Uh, rough fish. They hate them. They're ugly. Whatever. But in recent years. They've become obviously much more popular. The, the popularity really is exploding for these things. People are, are guiding for them. People are fit, targeting them out there. Dan's been out there on the ice chasing them around quite a bit. Um, Gasoline fish. In, in recent, with, with, that, with so much of that discussion, uh, they, they've gotten so popular that discussion about having limits on them in Minnesota has begun. Um, Jason Rhinelander, when did you first become interested and really start start to like that fish? I want to say 15 years ago or so was before my son was born, before I was married. I was out on Lake Bemidji fishing with some buddies. We were walleye fishing and I caught one jigging. And it was a six, seven, eight pounder. It was a big one. And I was like, that was incredibly fun. It fought harder than a walleye. And I want to know more about these. So I started doing a little bit of research, go back out on Bemidji, fishing in in March, I think it was, early March. And I run into Matt Brewer. And that's how him and I met. Okay. We struck up conversation, started fishing eel pout together, became friends. Now I'm guiding for him. And I took everything that he would share with me. And he got me in with the big nasty spoons he knew about. He knew Adam before anybody else would. Heck, Adam was hardly even selling them at that point. And and then I just took it to a whole nother level. I I really got into it and started exploring lakes and asking anybody I could, like, have you ever caught, like, where have you been catching eel pout when you're walleye fishing and this and that? And they're like, oh, what do you? everybody shared information because nobody cared. And... Right. Now I've got to know Tim Humphrey over there on Cass Lake's been guiding him for forever. He's been a great resource of knowledge and, you know, just soaking things in like a sponge, reading any article I can find, researching just the species in general and some of their habits and what they do, and a whole lot of trial and error and a whole lot of gas money. And it's, it was a fun adventure. I mean, it, 
I still enjoy the hunt and going out and trying different lakes, but it's always the big, everybody likes big fish. So I'm always going after yeah. big fish. So there's a lot of local lakes that I'm not necessarily fishing a ton anymore. Spending some time traveling and, and probably fishing them less than I used to, especially with how life happens. You get older, you got kids and a wife and a job. So I don't get to do them quite, don't do chase them quite as much as I used to. But I mean, what a fun experience pioneering and just learning something completely on your own. It's, there wasn't articles. There wasn't episodes on TV about eel pout. It was go figure it out. And it was yeah. an incredible experience. And I got and I got to do a lot of it with with this guy. Yeah, it still is an incredible experience. I mean, and it still is pioneering. You know, we got to help the DNR out with a, a study on eel pout that you know really they had no information on the species. And when we say we got to help out, it wasn't like we were wearing lab coats or anything, but we got to catch the fish and help catch the fish and watch the whole process. And there were other anglers that got to do that too. And then. Um, you know, just talking with other anglers too about the importance of that fish. Like a lot of people don't realize their role in the ecosystem. People think of them as this, you know, swampy, shallow water creature. They compare it to a dogfish yeah. okay, because they have a lot of physical similarities. And in reality, you'll have very stringent clean water requirements. So if you would have a decline in water quality, that would be the first species that's affected. So as a landowner or as a conservationist, you know, as an outdoors person, wouldn't you want to know if you were seeing that type of decline? So those types of studies, when, when we were helping out with this study, it was a, a pretty sizable chunk of money that was dedicated towards studying eel pollen. And when I would tell people about it, some people would, you know, be upset Oh, there you go. There's another example of the DNR wasting our taxpayer dollars on this <laughs> junk fish. But it's not. It's an important species. And now you're starting to see this shift in, in how people are treating the fish and how they're respecting the fish and seeing it as something that's fun to catch, good to eat. Although even that part has changed where yeah. people are being, you know, very uh, much more conservation minded in how many they keep because it's not just this endless resource. I was surprised at how much catch and release has really taken off for that fish because they are good to eat and they weren't, you know, there's no limits on them in Minnesota. They, they weren't rega regarded as much of a game fish for a long time, but the, the sport fishing aspect has really taken off. And I know I would have conversations with Dan when he was up in Bemidji going to school up there and they'd be targeting these fish. He taught, I'd, I'd be like, man, did you, did you cook some of those up? You know, it's, they're, they're good to eat. And he goes, no, we, we always put them back. I don't think you guys really ever kept any, did I think you? I ate one. Yeah. Which, I, and I ate it, and it was good, and, but I felt the need to not ever do it again because it's fun to watch them swim back. Well, of course, and I'm, I'm a big promoter, proponent of catch and release, there's no doubt, but I also love to eat fish. So, um, you know, I, I have no problem, like, say, walleyes going from six down to four. I have no problem with that, or even going down to three, really, for that matter. I, I You know, you keep a couple. I don't. I don't like to free. I usually eat it before it makes it to the freezer. So I don't feel the need to go out and have to catch a limit all the time. Um, so I, I'm a, and for some of the trophy fish, like when I go up to Saskatchewan, all our big fish, of course, always go back. Uh, or for that matter, any big fish that I catch anywhere always goes back. So I'm, I'm a proponent of that. But I'm, I've been surprised at how much catch and release has, has been involved with uh, with the old pout guys. I think there's there's anglers that are keeping some for a meal and with any fish heck yeah have at it there's I mean there is no limit and that, that's the one thing that makes me nervous is it's getting more popular the best time to fish them is pre-spawn and spawn so you know there's there's that ethical piece of it too but you know there's nothing wrong with keeping a couple of those three to five pounders and taking those back straps in the tail and and eating them on a normal year, I might catch 300 eel pout. Let's just make up a number. Uh, it, I keep and clean four a year, probably one meal. What? Most of the time, I'm not getting home till <laughs> one or two o'clock in the morning. This is all cheese, and <laughs> that's what I'm getting. Um, <laughs> Looking at you, it's way more than four. Well, I think pout. fish is healthy. <laughs> I probably don't eat enough fish. So do you guys think that they should be putting limits on uh, yeah. on those on, on eel pout, Minnesota? 
I've been working with the DNR on that through my connections at Lender Media, Jeremy Smith and Ty Shadeen. Um, and I've been involved in several emails, surveys, questionnaires. I had one phone call with, I didn't even know who the person was. I just kind of asking me questions. And so I've been doing my part and I know it's coming. Yeah. I think it's, but it's not an, you don't just flip a switch. I mean, it, I think it's got to go through legislature. I don't even think the DNR, I think all the DNR does is recommend the legislature and legislature who is who sets that stuff. I mean, cause it's a law. So there's a, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And the other species that in the conversation uh, was uh, Tulipy, Cisco. Mm, yeah. We're talking about putting limits on those too yeah. because they're the popularity and and with with Cisco numbers depleting in some certain lakes. Uh, yeah. They want to start protecting those as well. And they're, those are good to eat too and uh, surprisingly good to eat. I think a lot of people don't realize that, just how good table fare they can be and also fun to catch too. And I've seen people in recent years start to guide for, for tulipy and, and even whitefish too, uh, kind of a different species to target out there. Uh, spawn balls have to be one of the more unique events in nature here in Minnesota, don't you think? 100%. Yeah, what a unique thing. And even just to have a fish that spawns underneath the ice is very unique in itself. So the whole species is just, I mean, if, if you look at it, it's so dynamic. It's so wild. It's the only freshwater member of the cod family. Yep. Yeah. yeah they're, I've been able to watch a few spawn balls. I mean, some internet videos where they got them actually on video. But uh, I got a, I don't own one. And as I, we noted in the newlywed game, I don't spend money on fishing stuff, so I don't have a lot of scope. But uh, my friends do, and we were able, I was able to watch some spawn balls on live scope, which was pretty awesome oh, to wow. watch. Crazy. Uh, and learned a ton watching that thing on um, some behavior. That's some secret stuff that's for another podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just watch uh, just some of the behavior aspects of what they do when they're doing that was uh, a really cool experience. I think they're fun to catch. Uh, I, they always trick me. I always think I'm catching a big walleye until until they fight them for a little bit. And then you can tell that there's a difference there. But when you're fishing for walleye and you catch a burbot, sometimes it's a little disappointing, but they're still fun to catch because they are tend to be good fighters and bigger fish. And I think they just look cool. I just think the coloration on them and the, what would you call the vent ventriculation? Would that be the right word for it? That's a big word. I don't even know what that word means. I know in lake trout, they've got the lines. I know eel pot have kind of some similar markings. Anyway, I, I think they look like pretty neat fish. And then just like the history of the oil, like up on Lake of the Woods, the oil that they used to take uh, from yeah. these fish in medicine. Liver oils. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yep. Pretty neat, pretty neat fish anyway. Uh, so if you guys aren't targeting burbot as much right now, what have you guys been fishing for lately? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I, I've been chasing everything. Everything. Uh, kind of interesting. Last week we had some pretty interesting weather with temperatures down to it. I mean, I have a picture on my truck of negative 40 and uh, we got 22 inches of snow all within yeah. a couple days. I had guide clients here from Missouri. Oh boy. So, so you're talking about a hundred degree temperature differential and they're all in it. I, they, they came up and ice fish the first time in 2018. They just love it. That After that first time they went, they had me buy them ice armor suits and boots. And so they're geared up for it. Um, but boy, talk about troopers when, you know, when you hit that negative, you know, 30, 40 degrees and they still want to go out, that's dedication. But we've that's been chasing uh, panfish, pike, walleye. Uh, we have fished burbs. We, we went over to Leech together with, with those with Missouri. Yeah, yeah, Jason invited me with. That's and awesome. That was, when you that, get people from the... Right. That's the one, yeah. When you get people from the south like that, I remember when I, I've taken hunting trips down south, Missouri, Arkansas, Kansas, or whatever, and you start telling them that, yeah, we drive out on ice, and they just start to look at you funny just a little bit. So yeah. that that's pretty cool to get people uh, into it that are from the south like that. And that yeah, picture of 40 it was below. That Go night, ahead. 
that night when uh, when we were out there, we we didn't have great success. And part of the reason was we had a muskie under the fish house the entire time, the entire <laughs> night. Well, there's no we we would mark it on four different vexlars and at different times and sometimes other times and there was no other explanation for it because it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't interference it wasn't interference when it's marking on the same deal you know we're only in we're in 12 feet of water yeah and that's their only explanation it's got to be just a muskie just laying halfway down and just i'm gonna live underneath this fish house perfect Man, so tw- so that forty below picture. I think that was. Do you did the hot water throwing the hot water up in the air in the pic in the video too in yes. that same post, right? Yep. I think Dan might be able to find that. So I was going to ask you how ice and or snow conditions have been. So maybe while Dan plays this video, he can tell us what what the lakes are like up there. Well, it's kind of interesting because we got a lot of snow, but it's really really light. So um, you know we don't have a ton of water on the ice, but there's some. Um, you're still able to drive around a lot of places with trucks, but I also don't recommend it because, you know, you take one truck out and it does just fine. You take another truck out and now you're buried. So don't blame me. But the, the big thing with going out anytime in the winter, you always have a shovel. You always have a jerk strap because, you know, you're going to get hung up at some point out on the lake. And, uh, you know, I've learned over the years that, even if you have two people going fishing, take two vehicles, take two trucks. It makes it so much easier than trying to dig one out, you know, together. Right. Just put that put that tow strap on there and yank them out. It's it's just so crazy to me because like the northern half of Minnesota has got so much snow and it's been so cold. But the southern half of Minnesota, we've been pretty cold down here too, but we just don't have the snow. Like we got we got trucks and tandem axles out on the lake uh, some of the lakes of course and uh what 16 inches of ice or something like that so we've uh that snow man that's a killer when you get that much snow up there like that well we we actually only have 15 or 16 inches of ice here you know if you get up to like red lake even in the bemidji area you get a few more inches um but it's a the snow is a necessity for us because for our tourism, snowmobiling is such a huge thing. Sure. Even cross country skiing, the outdoor aspect of it, of the economy, is so big when we don't have snow. It really puts a pinch on some of these businesses. So we want snow, but. Just later. Yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, I think, was it Fargo? You guys did a seminar together over there, fishing seminar? Was it the Fargo show mm-hmm. this year? Have you guys. Have you guys done them together like that before? And what was what was this one about? Have we done one before? Did we well, do? St. Paul, we kind of. You just had me come along for the ride. We did, but it was virtually the same one. It was, yeah, it's pretty. Pretty. We similar. called Jason. Jason named it Panfish to Burbot and Bluegills to Burbot. Bluegills to Burbot. We talked about bluegills for about four seconds, and then just went right into. <laughs> <laughs> he said. I said, well, Jason, how do you like to fish for panfish for, for bluegill? And he goes, I like to use a tungsten jig and uh, some light line and, uh, you know, maybe a waxer or maybe some plastic. And that's how I catch bluegills. So let's talk bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it online. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty brief, a brief conversation about panfish. It was kind of a brief conversation about eel We kind of talked about nonsense for most of it. We didn't have, you know, it was online and they were putting it over the speaker, but we we only had about four or five people in attendance and I think we knew most of them. So we were able to get Joel Nelson up on the stage and interview yeah. him a little bit. And we, as, as Jason spoke to earlier, we sure like to make, uh, make people smile and get them laughing and put us on stage. You asked for it. Well, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, if you go online though and look at that video, it's gone viral. At least small town viral. There's like eight views. <laughs> you guys hit the big time. I haven't even watched it. I should. Get, I can get us up to nine. <laughs> I get my well, watch. <laughs> you guys have another. Uh, by the time this airs, you guys will have done another online video. This one for Clam, a Facebook Live, which you guys are actually the day we're recording this interview. You're doing it here in a couple hours tonight. What do you guys have planned for that uh, that Facebook Live? Probably not the newlywed game. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was really good. Well, we're gonna we're gonna the, the the cool thing about doing the Facebook Live with Clam, and they do it every Wednesday throughout the the ice season, and they have different pros that come on. Is 
that's very, very interactive. So people that are watching are just constantly asking questions. You can't answer them fast enough. So we, we could have an agenda of what we want to talk about and it would be difficult to get to that. But you talk about a great way to get information, you know, and even though we're doing this uh, tonight, and you can always find it online on uh, the YouTubes afterwards. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I say, we have all of these great clam pros that come on there, men and women who are, are great anglers, who have a lot of good insight. Probably better fishermen and women than we are. <laughs> oh, for sure. 100%. <laughs> Should we uh, should we take over the so they can just type questions for you in the chat tonight? Is that how it's going to work? Should we put in some new some newly yeah, newlywood question game. games during their Facebook <laughs> Live tonight? I've got several text messages today from several people. Are you sure you want to share that and let me know you're going to be on? And they're threatening. <laughs> well, the good thing is I already have twelve questions that I can ask them that you've already provided today, so. Glad I could help. My backup plan. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I want to ask you one more question about Burbit. And um, maybe this could have helped you guys when you had that muskie under the under the ice there. Do you have you guys ever used a Burbit style bait to catch big fish? Because like Savage makes some, I think 10 inch and 14 inch. Yeah, here's a video I did up in Saskatchewan a couple years ago. And our lake trout up there just go bananas for these things. The the pike too, but that's a lake trout. That's a small blue one, is it? It's a 10 incher. Uh, So that's a small, the smaller ones seem to work better for us. Because if you watch how this lake trout approaches this, they come up and actually eat it from the side. And well, I think what ends up happening on those bigger ones a lot of times is when they eat it from the side, they miss the hooks. So the smaller ones with the hooks, I think a little bit closer, we end up hooking up a little bit more because uh, it's interesting how they approach and uh, he'll come back up and hook up here in just a second. But you'll see how he'll kind of come up and, and come, at the, come at it from the side, which is pretty interesting, I think. Well, we can actually one up that not that we both use eel pout style baits very often because I don't think you do. I, I jig with the smaller Savage one. And I, they make a pretty small one. I, you know, is it six, eight inches? They make oh, a blue one. I've used it for lake trout up in Canada before, the smaller one, and had some success. But we've actually used an eel pout for bait. <laughs> yeah. Not, not in Minnesota. Now, don't, don't get everybody's feathers all ruffled and whatever, but up in Canada, for late trout, it, oh, it sure. wasn't luck. It was it was dead. But we had a twenty, I think it's twenty four, either twenty two or twenty four inch eel pout on a quick strike rig oh, for sure. eel pout and uh, or for sorry for lake trout, and it went off. What did it go off twice? And we never got the fish. But it was just a couple days after that they got what like a forty incher on that same dead eel same pout. Eel pout yeah, uh, after we had left. Well, we've pulled a lot of. Uh, dead eel pout out of the mouths of lake trout and pike that we've caught up there. So it's uh, it's definitely a, a popular forage for those big fish. Um, and speaking of forage for humans, I got to ask you a fish taco question because I got in an argument with a buddy of mine the other day about tacos. And this is actually more about uh, meat tacos and what goes in a taco. So I make pheasant and goose tacos all the time. And I'm not really a huge fan of lettuce. So I don't usually put lettuce on my tacos. So generally my tacos are, you know, some sort of tortilla shell. I usually do a soft taco. Uh, The meat, some cheese, and some taco sauce. Now, everything else to me just gets in the way. I'm the meat and cheese, what else do you need, right? Well, my buddy argues with me that that's not a real taco. And I wanna get your professional opinions. You could substitute fish for the meat, for the protein if you want, but what, makes it a real taco. You mind if I start? Yeah, why don't you interject? Uh, I'm in the food business, so I'm talking to chefs all the time. And I'm a regional sales manager for a rice company. Um, your taco is a very Midwestern white cotton panty taco. <laughs> um, That's all right. I like those too. And it's a taco and to each their own. If that's my taco, I'm putting everything on it except black olives. I want onion, I want jalapenos, I want 
taco sauce, tomatoes, tomatoes, the meats, probably some more peppers, some more meats, but not rice. Um, that makes I, it a bur- burrito, burrito, doesn't it? Yeah. In a burrito, it might. Cilantro. I think I'm a cilantro fan. Yeah. I think cilantro makes a good time. I would add cilantro, um, but I, I I get beat up over my my tacos. But if you go to any of the fast food Mexican restaurants and order a taco, what are they? It's meat, cheese, and lettuce and sauce, right? So has Taco John's been lying to us all these years? I well, you get you get what you pay for. I think a taco is whatever you want it to be. If you I like if you say answer. taco, it's a taco. Yeah. I think all it, right. It's, that's the nice thing about tacos. When you make them at home, you lay out yeah. ingredients, or you have like a taco bar, right? It's like a like a Bloody Mary bar. You put what you want in it. It doesn't have to come to blows over tacos. <laughs> I, I think your tacos sound super boring, Brad. But that's what it is. it's definitely super boring, but it's good, and that's all that matters. All right, uh, the Jasons. Jason Durham, Go Fish Guide Service. Uh, Jason Rylander, North Country Guide Service. And Jason, you in Harvest? What, what you, you keep saying you're a rice guy. What what's your real job? That, uh, yeah, that is my real job. I sell rice. There's a even a comedy bit about it on the internet. Um, yeah, there's a company out of Bemidji called In Harvest uh, Rice and Grains. Uh, we sell. I sell the restaurants and to, to, to distribution. We don't have like a, a retail brand. You won't see us in the grocery store. So okay. I'm selling, I'm selling chefs. You'll find our product in uh, the restaurants you go to, fine dining and the like. Well, I had a question I would like to ask for Blender about the rice thing because, you know, he has had this picture, a few pictures that have uh, been very popular with ice fishing recently. He was on the cover of the In Fisherman Ice Issue. Oh yeah. Um, you know, he's, yeah. he's big time. Super big time. But have you ever been on the cover of a rice magazine? I haven't, I haven't made <laughs> well, You haven't made the cover yet? Has he made the but cover? They, of the only ra- put, they only put food on the cover of those kind of magazines. They never <laughs> put people. You're a good example of somebody who likes to eat people. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how better to sell a food product than show somebody that's been enjoying that food for a long time? You never trust the skinny chef. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, guys. Well, tell people how we can uh, reach your various guides. So if, if people want to go out and have you guide them, uh, how, how can we reach you guys or how can they reach you? Well, you can find me uh, online on, on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Of course, if you just Google Go Fish Guide Service, it's going to come up. Or even just Park Rapids Area Fishing Guides. Um, and then, of course, Jason is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Romper, Feeder, uh, Sticker, Snorter, and MySpace. (laughs) I'll check out your MySpace page for sure. (laughs) Matt's going to be mad at you. (laughs) Northcountryguides.com is probably the best way to line something up with Matt. Um, Or you can reach me direct. Facebook's a great way, and uh, yeah, right there. We've got a contact right there. I've been guiding for Matt for, shoot, 10 years or more now, and uh, we got a good thing going. He does more of the winter stuff. I just don't have the time or the energy to guide much in the winter. I kind of take that to fish myself, but summertime, I'm always happy to get people out in the boat. So. And I will add, Brett, that I'm super excited because 2022, uh, Go Fish Guide Service is celebrating their 30th year. No kidding. Which makes Super old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. I was 11. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, man, that's congratulations. That's pretty good. Thank and the guy, the guy business is tough. So when you can say you've been making it 30 years, it's, it's, I don't like to use the word grind, but it's a good, it's a grind. And, uh, that's a, it's quite an accomplishment. And, you know, Jay Rye, I'm going to talk to your, your rice company because they have, we have a picture for the cover of the rice magazine. We've got a great photo that I, that they wouldn't even have to pay for a photo shoot. Um, I'm waiting to see what this I don't is know now. what you're trying to cue at here. This one right He's here. Oh, now they're, look at this. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was just the other day. I got a new shirt for Christmas and I was trying it on in the garage there. There you go. Cover cover model right there. Yeah, All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, this has been a good time. Uh, gentlemen, I appreciate you uh, jumping on with us here from the Fish House. Good luck with the uh, Facebook Live tonight with uh, with Clam. Uh, Jason Durham, Jason Rylander, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate thanks, it. Fellas. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or go to FindingFins.com and make sure to like our sponsors. Looking for winter adventure? Might as well pick a place with over 1,000 lakes. Ottertail County, Minnesota is in the middle of everywhere, offers a simpler pace, and has something for everyone. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com.